0: Hari Khalsa. I'm here doing my audio blog, which is separate from my radio show, Healthcare Whisperer Radio Show. This blog is is personal. It's about my journey with my mother through assisted living in hospice. And all the pitfalls, all the positives, all the negatives. This is blog number seven. And, you know, for the last few weeks, if you've listened to all the blogs, um, you know, it's been very up and down. A lot of issues have come up. But the last few days have been pretty quiet. You know, I've got my team in place. I haven't gotten any calls. But they also know I'm coming tomorrow. And what I have found is because I live in Seattle and my mother's in New Mexico, that sometimes they hold things. and They don't call me. So I don't, I haven't heard, usually I can get a glimmer of something's going on, but now they they do that. They say, well, she's coming, we'll wait. So I've been reflecting upon what it's been like these last, well, my mother had a stroke a year ago, May. And during that time, I saw her, what I thought she was going to recover from. And then I saw this, during that time, I saw this this complete change in personality, uh, and an inability to express herself, which was so important. She had what we, we call apraxia. She couldn't get the words out. She couldn't get she couldn't get the sentences out, and she couldn't find the right words. I mean, she would say words, and she thought she was saying. So that's like aphasia. She thought she was saying the right words, but she couldn't get them out. Even with help, she tried, but she got frustrated, and I find that a lot with my elderly clients is that there's just such a frustration level. You know they've lived 90 years and then all of a sudden they can't get their sentences out. It's really hard because my mother was aware, although she lost a lot of her memory. So I've been reflecting upon some of the issues that cont- that I've dealt with, and I wanted to before I dive into the next few, you know, the next week or so that I'm there. And I'm sure there'll be lots of issues that I'll get to talk about. But one of the issues for newbies, and this is one of the reasons I'm doing this blog, is because. It's a world, uh, independent living, assisted living, and nursing homes are a world unto themselves. There is absolutely no preparation unless you work in the field. And even then, you can miss things. I mean, if you work in the field, you have an idea of what you're walking into. So I think that the most important thing for people who all of a sudden find themselves saying, to their siblings or to their husband or their loved ones or to their parents, you know, this is it's time for you guys to consider, or if it's a single, just one parent, to consider moving somewhere away from home, uh, moving into a, well, I shouldn't put it that way, moving into assisted living where you have more care or moving into a retirement community where there's more people around, where they will, you know, where you don't have to cook your own meals and there'll be more people watching you. And you know, of course, some parents are like, Yeah, let's go. I mean, my mother we talked about it. She lived in her home for fifty years. She loved it there. And then one day she said, Well, I'm 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 doing it, I'm moving. And I'm gonna move to New Mexico because eventually you're gonna live there and I just wanna be there. You know, I gotta do it now. At that time she was eighty seven. So she she did it pretty much on her own. But I helped her look at the places, and this is where even in my field, this is what I do. I go to, you know, part of my job when I have an uh, elderly client or family ask me to go check on them, and I and I've helped people find places. But one thing I want to recommend that it's really important for people who are just starting this journey is that you really look at what the services are that you're you're. you're you're get you're buying into because you're going to be putting down a lot of money. Assisted living's a little different. If you're just going into an assisted living, you're paying rent. And you know, as I said in one of my last vlogs, this is assisted living has become to me like high-priced hotels. You know, I figured out my mother's paying about $150 a day to live there. So, was that a two-three star hotel in Santa Fe? You know, on a good day on off-season. So. So what you want to do is you want to really look, and I would make a list of what the needs of your loved one is, and be very clear about what you need, because I'm going to tell you, you're going to walk in, most of these places are shiny, a lot of them are new, it's big money, there's a lot going up, they're shiny, you know, they're clean, they look good, they've got nice, you know, you walk in, and usually there's a nice greeting room, some are not, but... You know, you need to really figure out what it is that you exactly need for your loved one. For instance, do you need to have have them their medication given to them? Most assisted living uh require that, but but some don't. Some but most do. I would say most do, unless a family member is gonna come and give the medicine. Do you wanna keep your own doctor? How much are they gonna how much are they actually going to assist your loved one? And particularly, I mean, what I found with the independent, this whole concept, well, it's three tiered. First you come in on independence, and then you move along, you know, the trajectory as you need it, and then you you know you go to assisted living where we help you, and then you go to uh to the nursing home when, you know near the end of your journey. And it's all just so easy and smooth. Well, none of that's, none of that really is the case. And I think you need to know, because at the beginning, you just want to get, you have the loved one into a situation, but you really need to be thoughtful about where your loved one's going to go and what are the services. are In, indep- in independent living, it's really important that there be some kind of check-in. I mean. Other you know the older community wants doesn't want nobody wants to give up their independence, but as you get older, stuff happens you know you 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 can fall like for instance, with my mother, she had a stroke, and nobody checked on her for two and a half days. It was the cable guy who found her so you you want you want a situation where you know there are some places where where they have a button where in the morning they have to push it when they get up or by a certain time, and then at night when they, you know, they have to push it. And if they don't, then the people in the community, you know, at the front desk or, you know, the administrators know that something's askew, and they go and check on you. You know, at the place I always thought, well, you know, they had she had friends and that could have checked on, you know, they, they could have been checked on, and I was like, hmm, I don't think so. That didn't happen, and that's 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 assuming that that the, my mother's friends were ill, didn't you know that came to dinner because my mother used to always go to dinner with her gang, and they would have a glass of or two of wine, and you know they would chat and laugh and giggle and then go about their business, and they you know they really enjoy each other's company. As well, if my mother didn't show up, you know a lot of times people didn't show up because they just weren't feeling so well or something. So there wasn't this idea that they should be checked on there, isn't that? So that's something you really need to look at. So my advice is that you really know what they offer in full and read the contract because the contract often is, you know, it talks about how there's no charge between uh, the independent and the assisted except for increasing food meals but then you're getting three meals a day at as assisted living generally that, you know, you can. And, you know, you need to make sure that there isn't hidden costs because there are a lot of times hidden costs. I'm finding, particularly when you have to move into the nursing home, which I haven't at the done, but if I had, it would have been, you know, quite a bit more money, which is really not fair. My mother, people pay into these places. So you really need to look at the dynamics. Is it really a match? And there's going to be some things you're never going to find as a match, but if you can get as close as possible. And then the next step is once you get as close as possible and you agree, some of the places have where you add on packages. And once you agree on everything, then, you know, the next step is you have to hold the facility to that agreement. Because a lot of times what I find, and this is really critical, you can never let up. You know, for one 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 thing that always cracked me up when my mother went to assisted living, there's this whole idea they have these, uh, I think it's every three months assessments or maybe it's monthly, whatever it is. I, originally, I said I'd like to be included in that and called, you know, so I can just sit on it, whatever it is. And um, not once have I gotten a copy. I've asked for it. I continue to ask for it once or twice I was there and they were doing it. Oh, you're here. Okay, you can sit in. So promises, promises, promises. And, you know, I see this across the board, even with my mother with clients. You have to just put your foot down and say, this is what I need and this is what I want. And every, you know, when it's like anything else, it's like almost like buying a car. They promise you everything. Here's your guarantee. Here's your warranty. And then it, then when you you know, when stuff happens, well guess with the car you have the warranty, well you have the contract, you have the agreement, and you need to hold people to that agreement. You need to hold it everything because the state has pretty a lot of regulations and they really need to be held to that to those regulations. Um it's important for you to feel that you have that power uh to to push back and it's important to get updates. That's one thing I had to demand that I get a call. Because I would call sometimes and I'd say, how's my mom doing? And fine. And that would be it. Or one time, the first time I called, hi, this is Hari, I'm Addie's daughter. Yeah? uh, What? Uh, My mother, I'm calling about my mother's doing?" Oh, okay, she's fine. Well, that's, you know, you want at least a five minute conversation about, well, she's been eating good. You know, she seems chipper. She's not depressed. I mean, there's certain things that you can do. You know, you can just be kind of friendly, but you you can't necessarily expect that. You have to you have to make people come to you a lot of times. And and I think that's important because the mistake that so many people make is once someone is in independent and in in assisted or nursing, you think, oh, okay, you know, these are the experts. They're going to take care of me. My my love, well, and I know I've said this before in the blog, but I'm just saying it again because I can't emphasize it enough. You can't let down your guard. I mean, you can relax a little, but you have to make sure that they're they're doing what they're going to say. And a lot of the a lot of these places um, do what what they're going to say. But uh, you know, for instance, with my mother-in-law, she has hearing aids, and she kept losing. And so we, my sister-in-law, who oversees her care, was uh, uh, had an arrangement that they would take them out. They would put them. Well, they stop. They, they, you know, sometimes they'll do it for two or three days and then they stop. Oh, we got busy. Oh, we forgot. Oh, this. Oh, we didn't have this. Oh, we didn't have staff. Wait. So you have to keep rem- reminding people, and you have to make sure that they let you know when things. Um. So then, when things happen, so my advice is, you need to have them and see it for yourself on the chart. That there's what, you know, I need to, as the healthcare proxy or the daughter or the son or the husband or the wife, whatever it is, I need to be called. I need to be called when these things happen. I need to be notified. You know, for me, that meant sometimes my mother would fall, often fell a lot at night because she got up a lot to go to the bathroom. She wouldn't fall, she kind of slip off her chair onto the floor, just slide down. and. Um, so I would get calls. Of, but, you know, you need to have some, you need to create a system. You know, the first few weeks, you're going to be like a deer in headlight fire the first month. And then you get the rhythm. Find the rhythm of the place and find, you know, find out who you can talk to. Is there a nurse or an aide who you can relate to and who can help you, who, who can kind of give you inside information when you visit? Um, anyway, it's. I can't emphasize it enough that it's the mistake that everybody, many, many, many people make. Uh, You know, we're a team. Well, you're not, you're a team with the administration, but the administration's goal is the, you know, the end goal is the facility's well-being, and your end goal is your loved one's well-being. And they have to meet in the middle, and they don't always meet in the middle. And you need to stand your ground as hard as that is. Stand your ground, and that's what I find myself. I didn't think I'd ever be in that situation, but I find myself in that situation. Even with everything I know about how the systems work, I found I found myself needing to remind myself that you can never let you know your guard down. So, thanks for listening. I'll be back. My next few will be New Mexico. Uh, thank you, and have a good day. Bye bye.